tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Yes, it will be. Shout out, everybody. Welcome to Tim Fall Hat. Join me as always, the man, the myth, the legend, XG, and the place to be. How are you? I'm great. It's been a good weekend. It's been a good week, and it's only getting better. Yeah. It's going to be great. We got a lot of amazing things coming up. The Big 200 is coming. So get ready. We got a lineup of fire coming your way. Trust me on that one, homeboy. Uh, real quick, uh, on the ones and twos in the corners, a good friend, Emma. How are you, Emma? Okay, that sounded great. Uh, the reason she's joining us, and we're always thankful that she's here, is that Aaron, who's a big part of the show, has lost his father. His father is no longer with us. So if you guys know Aaron on social media, uh, he plays like kind of the um, the doubter. What would you say? He's the uh, skeptic on the, skeptic. the uh, show of skeptics. <laughs> and he uh, could use some love. So just tell him how much you love him and how thankful you are that, uh, you know. I they... can try my best to play skeptic for you. Okay. No, no, no. It's fine. We, we don't need it. We don't need a skeptic here. Trust me. We have, there's <laughs> enough skepticism out there. It just, that's Aaron's role and we love him very much and we send him nothing but love and f- sorry about the loss of your father. A lot of amazing things are coming up. We're, we're coming to the big 200. We have a lineup of fire coming guys. Trust me on that one. So wait till you see uh, today and on our nothing but killers, nothing but killers. Okay. So uh, get ready to rock. Um, what else do we have here, dude? Uh, dates are coming out. Yeah. We got some wonderful dates coming up. Uh, if you could post our date that, uh, there we go. We, uh, it is, we're getting in the June dude. So, uh, January 14th, we are at Plano, Texas, Tinfoil hat, my man, XG Reed Baker, Eddie Bravo, myself, live at Hyenas and Planos. We packed that one. It's just me, so I can't wait to see when oh, the whole fuck. crew's there. One more Mexican? Oh, shit. We're du- no, two more Mexicans, because Eddie didn't oh, Eddie come didn't last, go last time, time with me. Oh. We're doubling down on Mexicans on this show, okay? <laughs> so come out to that. Then we have the following night. We are in our famous, our home away from home, the one, the only secret group in Texas. That's right, Houston, Texas, home of the uh, black strippers with the fucking donkey asses. Okay, <laughs> they're going to be there. Come with us there. Go to, uh, you can get all these links here on uh, samtriplee.com. Then at the end of June, we are at Skank Fest. That's right, we're doing Skank Fest in Brooklyn, June 20th through the 23rd so you can go grab those passes then we have june yeah. 6th seven o'clock at the rec room seven That's in huntington beach at huntington beach those tickets are about to go up it's gonna be xg eddie bravo 
Um, and uh, one or two, one more person on that show, myself, we're going to be doing that. And then we have the Helium. And this Helium is in Comedy August. Club, that's in August. That's in, we're coming to St. Louis Helium Club in August, and then we're doing Indianapolis on the next day. So those dates are coming up. Those will, those tickets are live. I'm going to put them on samtriplee.com. You can get all those dates, and they will be in tinfoilhatpodcast.com as well. Uh, what else do we have to push? We the Patreons pushing. Patreons pushing. If you love horribly bad... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what's it called? Public access shows. Join me, XG, as we have a wide range of just classic characters from the comic store. Come down, talk, uh, everything and anything. Um, we, we talked, uh, what did we talked, Don Barris last night. We talked about uh, the Paul McCarthy series. Yeah, he theory. doesn't believe he in any of it. Doesn't no flat earth. No flat earth, nothing. So that's fun. It was fun. Uh, Great time. Go to oh, Tim who showed up last time? Bobby Lee made a special guest appearance. Bobby Lee's in it. We got some stuff. I mean, like, you name it. It's a who's who of the comedy store. Talking conspiracies or shitting on conspiracies. Uh, TinFoilHatT-shirts.com. Go get those. Check those out. Those are uh, cooking with gas. I promise you, Loyal to the Foil will be up. I don't know why it's not up yet. It is supposed to be up, so go check that out. Go to the Patreon again, patreon.com backslash tinfoilhat. We're loading stuff up there all the time. Uh, he's going to start doing some stuff on there. We're going to bang it out. XG is going to have some videos on there, too. Uh, what else? We got Bet DSI. Sports coming in strong. Yeah, I mean, dude, it is time. It's the finals. Baseball's cooking up. Uh, UFC, boxing, you name it. Women's sports everywhere. And you know how you like to make those bets on those lady sports. Uh, the and World what, Cup's coming up for them. Uh, for women? For women, yeah. Are you excited about that? A little bit. All right, That's go cool. into that. So go to Bet DSI. Use the promo code HAT100. And you will, whatever you deposit, they will double. Now, you if you take that bonus... You have to gamble a certain amount of money to be able to pull out, okay, to pull your cash out. If you don't take the bonus, okay, you just get straight cash, homie, and you make your bet, you win, you can pull it right out. So figure that all out. Go to BetDSI, promo code HAT100, and support our friends. I do parlays for all the UFC fights coming on, so join me, and we love it. Um, we're, today we're going to be, what? Yeah. Today we're going to be discussing uh, a book. Uh, today's episode is 1984. We're discussing book 1984. But before we begin, we want to announce that June's book is Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Go see that. Get that book. And at the end of June, we will have somebody in there to talk about this, just like we're going to talk about 1984. Joining us, the man who looks like he could write a book on conspiracies. <laughs> uh, he's got one of the top podcasts. You know your podcast is doing well when your podcast appears on any top 100 list of another country, okay? Uh, he is a regular. I don't. He may have said that this might be a tie with Eddie Bravo for most appearances on Tin Foil Hat. He is entering the five special guest club. I think one more appearance after this, he's big in the pay. Please welcome from Those Conspiracy Guys, Gordon Rochford, everybody. How are you, buddy? All right, boys. What's the crack? What's the crack? That's what we're talking yeah. about. Uh, we're here. It's real. To it's real. Talk. Uh, do you got anything you want to push for our listeners? Uh, I got like, um, I, I, you know, my Patreon, I guess. Uh, I, I put all my season one episodes behind uh 
behind the Patreon wall because <laughs> the audio is not good. I was getting a bunch of one star reviews going, why is this show so popular? Did the audio is shit. Oh, so yeah. I just had to move them back in. Uh, but anything you want to find out about me, thoseconspiracyguys.com. Uh, we got loads of stuff coming up. Check out the, the Bitch Shoot channel. And, um, do you guys you know, do Gabe.com too? Are you on that? Gab.com? <laughs> oh, a bit of Gab. Yeah. I, I, because there's no app on the phone, I find it difficult to um, re- reg- regiment myself to go on and use it. Like, I use like Reddit and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff on my phone. And Gab is not allowed to have we're talking about censorship in 1984 gab is not allowed to have an app in the apple store uh, and i have an iphone so you can't how funny can't is it. that and what is the reason for that oh yeah it's not cia control yeah you're not allowed to talk about it though sam's keep it under your hat your tinfoil hat real very, quick um, before we start i forgot sure. to announce that i have put both of my specials that i filmed produced directed well, I didn't direct. I had legendary Wayne Isham directed, but uh, that I produced out, and you could watch them both in their entirety Armageddon and Zero Fucks live for free on my YouTube. Go to youtube.com backslash Sam Tripoli, Armageddon, Zero Fucks, both there for you for free to watch. So I want you to check it out, and please tell me how hard I rocked. How hard <laughs> I rocked. Great. That's some very generous shit. When are you going to do your Netflix special? When are you getting one? Uh, whenever they fire everybody at Netflix who is making it so <laughs> you have to be a bisexual, biracial person, you know? I told my uh, manager to promote my special as an Armenian bisexual man just to see if I could get I could get both fucking sex. I can get both uh, genocide and hate crimes. I mean, that is a unicorn it, yeah. of oppression right there. Vic- Push Victim status. Right? I mean, I am just a get, sacred just get victim. Just deep done of you, like, sucking a salty bulb. Yeah. And I was, just be like, this is the proof. I was going to make, you know? <laughs> I was going to make the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, basically the art for the uh, album, just me with a bunch of black dicks photoshopped all over <laughs> myself. Just, you know, and just say, believe like in my... forest of cocks. Yeah. yeah. For, that's how they call it, a forest of cocks. Um, so Gordo, let's get into yes. this book, 1984. It's written by George Orwell, uh, way back in the day in 1949. I mean, yeah. if you guys joined us and I hope you guys do, if you even got to catch up, you start reading this and you go, as you're reading this, you're like, oh, that sounds just like this. Oh, that sounds just like this. Oh, that sounds yeah, just like... Yeah, the motherfucker like- was a time traveler, soothsayer, future future maker. Like, it was... It's bananas how accurate it was for, like, uh, what is it, 70, 70-year-old book? Yeah. It's I, 70 this year, right? And you got to understand something. Like, 1949 is really before we are... Anything. We are... We are we, we are in this modern era of like black ops shit, you know, uh, before everything before we, you know, the, you know, a lot of people say that the JFK, you know, my friend Corey, who is the booker on the show talks about how JFK is the day we lose our country. Like that is the day that a shadow group comes in. So this is even before all that, you know, this is before all that. So, like, there's a lot of people that um, are into conspiracy theories, and because War One and World War Two now seem so far away, um, there's no real kind of like tangible evidence. There's no very few people left alive, even that 
can look back and go, okay, this is a tangible thing that happened. These, these are the blueprints laid out for our future. And when you, like, uh, I'm doing a whole series in the upcoming seasons, like a whole five episodes all on World War One and the different conspiratorial aspects of it. Like, World War One was not fought for some fucking you know, mucky fields in France, you know, it was a, f- a pharmaceutical war. Yeah. Uh, World, World War II was, a, was a, a, an ideological war based around uh, around business and creating a war machine uh, from the American government because they saw how much money uh, they made from World War I. So, like, the, the motivations and stuff behind all this are so far in the past that people are, I guess, conspiracy theorists, it's hard to get stuff that's not, like, you know, a fucking history channel like Hitler's henchmen or some fairy tale Disney bullshit or some like, you know, uh, uh, lifetime movie quality documentaries. Pe- people don't know what happened or how serious shit was. And I've gone through in, in those conspiracy guys, like I, I've done a, a whole series on like money and gold and the Federal Reserve and JP Morgan and, you know, the Knickerbocker stuff and yeah. taking like cornering the market and copper and taking over the whole uh, monetary system of the United States. Like even to go back into the 17th, 18th century, how all that stuff was set up, like the entirety of how America runs today was decided between 1890 and 1910 or 1912. Yep, yep. And this is the long game they play. They play a long... Their goal is not to make it happen. It doesn't have to happen during their lifetime. It just has to happen. And if it happens after they pass, then so be it. It's this long, long, long game. And when you don't care when it happens, that's a very yeah. uh, that's a very dangerous thing because you're in no you don't make any let's hurry up let's fast forward it thing going on. That well, they, like the people who are doing all that stuff, like the Rockefellers, Rothschilds, Morgans, all of these guys, they 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 got theirs. You know, you get your fucking pockets filled and your dick sucked in your own time. And what more can you expect? Like they're not going to know. Like it's trillions and trillions of dollars. They weren't doing it for themselves solely there wasn't a selfish thing in it it was like i'm getting i'm getting mine now and i'm also setting it up so that other motherfuckers who work with me will get theirs then and people will like it's the, it's a it's an ideological maneuver over a long long period of time and people will look at george orwell's writing and look at the stuff that he predicted in 1984 and animal farm and other other writings and say how the fuck did he know that that was going to happen now so when we're looking back to 1949 from 2019, it's like longer than twice of our lifetimes. Yeah, there's so yeah. there's so little tangible evidence that we can't go and interview people who knew George Orwell. It's like what was he? What did he really mean? We can't ask Orwell himself. We can't even ask Christopher Hitchens, who's like a massive or like uh, uh, Orwell student, who is like uh, you know. Uh, talked on his writings and he was kind of like the, the the living Orwell on into the 90s and 2000s until he died uh, I think in 2011 like we can't even ask him and he was one of the foremost uh, students of Orwell's writing so you can't like there's nothing tangible for us and we it seems like magic that Orwell came up with this stuff he died seven but months he was, he, after he died seven months after the book came out yeah, he was right. So there wasn't much was to dying. ask him. We we must have just yeah. Nobody yeah. was reading it, really right, into right, it. So right, like, right. let's get into but him it, a little bit. In 1949, he was way closer to that crazy turn of the century period than we than we are now. So we should trust him as like a conspiracy guy, an original conspiracy. He's one of the OGs, dude. I OGs, mean, like, man. Like him and Tesla OG. and 
these kind of characters fighting against the system and and showing it for what it is. He's like forty years only after. Uh, like we we look back on like the Gulf War, uh, George Bush Senior's Gulf War, and we can see all the bullshit and all the evidence is there and all the news reports and and TV uh, all that stuff. Like he was there for that when that shit happened at Jekyll Island when the Federal Reserve and the IRS was created. He saw the foundations of a totalitarian society being made in his lifetime and he wrote about it in 1949 and predicted it almost like perfectly and you watch these videos that are popping up of like even after him men from the mid 50 you know 1950s 1960s doing videos like yelling and screaming about this is happening and like they were billionaires and millionaires at that time saying dude we are getting sold out. And like, there's this kind of this thing going on. I feel like in this country right now that if you're super rich, you are, there's a sellout level to it. Like you have to kind of turn your head and turn your, turn your eye into some dark stuff. And like more and more, you look at like these politicians, like who is the honest politician? Does anybody think any of these people represent like, what they're really trying to say they are, which is an agent of chaos to the system, or are they just sold out? And we're just like, this is where we're getting to. Like, we are like when women have to deal with men, how men sell them on the world just to get down their pants. And then when they get down their pants, they don't hear from them again. And it's like, that's why they go fucking nuts. <laughs> so it's a weird allegory. But yeah, like, I think people are a lot more cynical now when they speak to power. There is a certain element and we all conspiracy people together, like we're all, you know, questioners, skeptics. We look at the actions of, say, like Pete Buttigieg. Is that how you say his name? Sure. We look at him and he's like, Mayor Pete. Yeah. And he goes on Fox. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'll tell you now what I think is this. And it's a wholesome soundbite that yeah. you can put on CNN or wherever. And uh, I look like the guy from Mad Magazine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm wholesome. I'm good. I got my tie tied tight. He looks like the kid um, from uh, uh, on the corner on the cover of Rage Against Machine. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's 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 bananas how people will look at him and go, you're a totally fake motherfucker. Like, this is an act. And they're so cynical about how he behaves and how he portrays himself. It's like, no, there's no way he could be that wholesome. I just did he has a show. He has a collection of children's shoes in his basement. Yeah. I put money on it. For you sure, know, this kind of, dude. This kind of stuff. People are so cynical now. But also, there's a lot of, like, victimhood. There's a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, hold on, hold on. false claims and all this kind of stuff. Because that's the social currency now. You there's think a, there's a certain element of double think and and newspeak and all of these things we're going to talk about that George Orwell predicted in his book that are being used as tools of power. And when we see people online going like that's racist, Islamophobic, you're well, you're, so you're I ask some, Gordon, you know homophobic. You think people are more power. skeptic now. I think. I mean, yeah. my own girlfriend watches MSNBC still. Like it comes home and I die a little bit every time. <laughs> I see it and she falls asleep to it. So now it's in her dreams. And I try to, I'm like, I'm like, I want to get, I told her to, I go, I want to get rid of cable. I don't want to have television anymore. I need to break her off of watching news. And to the point where I won't even be able to watch my sports 
just so she can't watch the news because I can't. Does that. she believe it though, Sam? Does she? It, does, 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 is she going around going like she's watching you, it? You, you won't. You won't believe what happened in Iraq. Yes, today. you do that. Like, I go. I go, and then she starts. I go. They're lying. They're lying. They're lying. Well, what do you mean? You remember when they were saying that Russia was the Russian mob now was involved? And she's like, did you hear that the Russian mob was involved as well? I go, Dana, you're just re-. like, I've caught my girlfriend just regurgitating yeah. like commercials For- back to me. Like, hey, did you hear about how three out of four people recommend this dentist? I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> That's not inside scoop. You've just regurgitated a fucking commercial to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, but but I think yeah, it's kind of. I mean, people my age, like millennials, none of us have a, none of us watch the news. And if you do, you might watch fucking Trevor Noah's a little clip of it, and you don't watch the whole thing. Yeah. So we we're not more skeptic. We just don't watch. Well, you're just you're, you're unenga- you're not engaged. Yeah, we're in not it even anymore, engaging. Which has anymore. to them has to have them freaking out. Which is so weird because I'm engaged now because of Trump. If it wasn't that crazy, I didn't care before. Like the George, but some of them don't even give a fuck. Sometimes, like, did you hear what Trump said? You follow Trump? I'm like, you don't follow Trump? Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you not give a fuck about what's going on? They don't. Most of them don't even they know don't. who the But they follow Kim Kardashian is. and the Jenners and all that shit. They know what's going right. on with that. But yeah, bro. Actually, the thing is, like, some people say that Trump is like the Kardashians for politically minded people. That he's just a distraction when there's a load of shit going on in the background that he I, has nothing to do with. I mean, dude, and, I can't gr- agree more. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the same. It's the, you just have to qualify it. It's whatever context it comes in. If, if, uh, you know, Trump puts up a tweet. There's like CNN and fifty thousand uh, online journalists make a fucking ball of money because they write some article analyzing the syntax of his tweet. Like, if Trump wasn't tweeting, there'd be people out of jobs. CNN, I think, <laughs> fired what was it, seven hundred staffers, something like that. Maybe that number is wrong, but they fired a shitload of people last week. Vox had to get bought out two hundred fifty million dollars from George Soros because they were about to, or Vice, uh, yeah, because we're about. To I talked that the, the other day to my friend. I was like, dude, Vice is. He goes, because we're pitching a show. He goes, you know, yeah, I know you don't woke, like bro, him, bro. but we should pitch maybe Vice. And I go, dude. Nobody's watching that channel. He's like, you're crazy. Oh, $4 billion. They're worth $4 billion. Oh, they go, dude, they just took a $250 million loan to keep the lights on. Yeah. It's get woke or broke, man. YouTube lost $70 billion. CNN's firing a bunch of people. Like, they're all hanging on. And then Alex Jones is fucking rubbing his massive, really bright red cock off everything. Because he's just making a fortune, even though he's banned off everything. Because... People want to watch that. They don't want to watch CNN. So it's a choice of what media you imbibe. Some people like to just not be angered by, you know, Trump's whatever, you know, so they don't look at him, I but mean, they look at the Kardashians. thoughts on Julian and, Assange right now? Yeah. Like, uh, there's so much stuff going on that nobody's looking at, and all you have to do, it's fucking propaganda 101. You just put up an, an item that is like exciting and distracting and whatever is really going on is like you know 0.01% of that like you'll never you'll never like if they don't want you to know you'll never know kind of thing but because people are getting their they're deciding and disseminating where they get their own media from it's a choice it's their own personal choice where it comes from you know well yeah it's echo chamber shit right people just want to hear what they want what they believe 1984 philosophy is like 
the Orwellian philosophy, people are going on the news like, oh, we're living in an Orwellian dystopia. And I'm like, you are guys are the one making that Orwellian yeah. dystopia because you want one unified narrative. You're saying that like people who support Trump, people who are conservative, they're creating like uh, uh, fuck a handmaid's tale or they're creating all these dystopian books. like, And the whole point of 1984 is that it's like uh, an unflinching totalitarian uh, ideological regime that limits thought, that unifies a message under one banner, and that if anyone steps out of line and thinks outside of that dogma, that you're you're the enemy of the people. And there's half of America thinks like that, and then the other half is going, "You're bad people." They're classifying them as wrong thinkers rather than going, well, you can think that and exist and I can think this and exist and we can live in the same country. It's not like I'm vilifying you. You should be burned at the stake for believing what you believe. And it's the start of that 1984 mentality, which is everyone must believe the same thing. If you don't, you're wrong. I don't see a lot of people on the right saying the people on the left are incorrect. Maybe around the abortion Gordo, um, I, I, abortion I, 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 I agree with you on Lhasa. I totally, do, I, I don't think that's valid. I think you see it all the time. The problem is right now in this last three years, it's been very uh, uh, democratic heavy or liberal heavy in terms of the craziness. But in the yeah. early 2000s, it was weapons of mass destruction. It was Al-Qaeda. Yeah. It was everywhere. And Fox News was beating that drum and getting the right. It's a very Republican-driven um, machine. Yeah, absolutely. And now because, you know, what really upsets me about the conspiracy theory world is how when we've now labeled the deep state, it's very much Obama and Hillary mm. heavy. Mm. And it's like, well, we need to start calling out the people who are involved with this just as much, which are the Bushes and the Cheneys and the Wolfowitz and the Rumsfields who like initiated this like I mean like dude the Bushes were involved with the assassination of JFK which kicks this whole thing in fucking gear I mean a very heavy fuck I mean like obviously LBJ I believe was Democrat and that goes back to the right versus left but I get very nervous when we because right now we are the first time in the history where it's been left to right censorship Before that, it's always been right to left. And young conservatives don't, which yeah. is an oxymoron. But, you know, they don't remember book burning. You can't date this person out of your yeah. race. You can't get gay marriage, which we all accept right now as duh, right? Yeah. That was very much no-no, dude. I mean, do you watch interracial porn from the 70s? Those chicks were like laying it on the line, dude. They they were like, dude, you're doing interracial. You're a white girl banging black guys in the 70s in porno. You had to leave your town. You had to move to another trailer park. You were not allowed because that was like, that was like your grandparents were rolling in their graves, you know, like your parents were shunned. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, well, bro. Brokeback Mountain. When Brokeback Mountain came out, it was a big deal. Yeah. Some people bitched about yeah, it and yeah. complained. You put that movie out now, ain't no one going to say shit. Well, okay. Dude, Another it's, is, an award, it's an award winner if you put it out now. Lads get yeah. a fucking There's, you know, um, golden globes for that shit. There is. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's an ideological virtue machine is what it is. So they're saying like, I think conservatives have softened a lot over the last while, uh, especially young conservatives, where 
you know, they'll they'll stick to the hard issues like abortion and gun control, free speech. But the rest of it is kind of like, yeah, be gay if you want. It's grand. No, Whereas in the 60s, that. it's it like. It is that. There is that in terms of like when I tell people filth won the cultural war. You go to these red states, they're swingers. They're all swingers. They've. They mm. abandoned the the religious right. The religious right is the very extreme of the right. They have to court them a little bit to get their Yeah, vote. but they're, all, they're always the guys that are caught with like a fucking gimp in the basement then, yeah, right? For sure. For sure. In a for trunk. Sure. But that's the thing. You're pushing so hard to one side or the other. And again, it's a 1984 paradigm where totalitarianism on the left or the right and we'll talk about Orwell's history and how he fought for the communists against the fascists uh, who were like you know right wing ideologues and and fanatics anybody who's on the extreme of any kind of ideological debate is kind of unflinching it's an unwinnable war and it's either destruction or assimilation like the far right or far left radicals in America right now will never, they're totally immovable. They will never change their ways. So they either, they either disappear or be shit or they win. And and it's a zero sum game that both sides of that, like are never going to win. You know, the alt-right and then the anti-fallads, like they're in it to win it. Balls deep. Like, yeah, because there's a paycheck a involved, and that's the it's, worst yeah, part is that so well, much of this is yeah. dealt with in, in hypocrisy. That's really mm. what we find over and over. These people who go hard in the paint on the super right or the super left. And I've said about the show, if I went hard either way, the show would be way bigger. If I was a super lefty yeah. or a super yeah. righty, this show would be bigger. But I don't believe that is the world. And the world, is, I just did this black conservative show called The, Fal- the Fallen State. And he's like, are you a Christian? I'm like, I'm not nobody's team, dude. I'm not on any fucking... I'm not a righty. I'm not a lefty. And it's like, that's a hard place to be because people want you to take... Pick a side and stick with it. Yeah, that's because they want you to know... They want to know what to expect from you. And it's it's an Aurelian paradigm as well. Like, they, they, people want to know that there's no surprises coming. Like, you won't come out and surprise me with some, like, weird decision that you're like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Or how do I react to that? It's the same in comedy, man. Do you ever find that people, if they know the jokes, that they laugh more? Like if you surprise someone with a brand new joke, they'll laugh, but they won't 100% get it and they go away and they kind of mull it over. It's like Burt Kreischer with the machine story, you know, the Russian mob story. Yeah. yeah, like people, yeah, yeah. Fucking, people love that story. That's his free bird. He's, yeah, he, he's told it a bunch of times. So they're like, oh, tell us again. And they know the bits where to laugh. And they know it's like fucking singing along to a chorus of a yeah, song that you know like really well. It's like Sweet Caroline. People Come on, it. sing it. Yeah. Sing it. Yeah, yeah, my girlfriend gets so, so pissed. Like, yeah. I'm with you well, on that's, that. That's, that's the way That's the way these these ideologues are working. It's like, I want, if you wear the uniform of my beliefs, like a pussy hat or a black mask or whatever, or a fucking Make America Great Again hat, uh, I know what you are. You're wearing the uniform of the thing you purport to be, and I know what to expect from you. And it's do- the same. It's the same uh, adulation or adoration for a uniform that you would have. The opposite would be the fear of when you're walking down the street and there's a bunch of like hooded youths on the corner and they're walking and it's like I don't know what to expect from these guys. Are they going to jump me? I'm going to cross the street. So it's the opposite of that fear. Is that like I feel like I belong because I know what you're going to say or think. I won't be challenged. 
and there's, there's no stress there and that's what the the world of 1984 that George Orwell created was a world that was made to have no type of um, stress for the powers of the elite. And the elite don't want to have thinking. stress. It's that's take a away big thing. Political correctness yeah. is about taking away thought process and having rules to words. The ability to ask questions. Yeah, I mean, like if you want, if I went up yeah. on stage. And just dropped an N bomb, right? People would have because I'm a white guy. They would they know their reaction to that. If it's a black guy, they have a reaction. There is pre. It's like almost what they want to do now pre, with preloaded reaction. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like what they want to do with nurses. They don't want you to have doctors in the United States. They want nurses that just put in. Here is his symptoms. Boom. Give them this drug. They don't want thinking anymore. They just want handout, handout, handout. Political correctness is these are the rules that I am comfortable with, okay? And if we follow these rules, I will not be offended. I had one girl tell me she one of her favorite comics was this guy because he didn't offend anybody. Imagine thinking <laughs> that was an important – I mean, she was hot. And you're like, you just knocked three points off your look. She went from a nine to a six to a five by saying that you were upset people got offended. Why do you care? What do you care? What do you care? Nobody Fuck. has it, but that's where we're at. So let's get into Orwell real quick. Let's do it. Real name is Eric Arthur Blair, and he was born in the British India, and he had, and he didn't really get any interaction with his father until he was nearly a teenager. His father worked He's, at the... Yeah. Go on. He said, he, said, he said it had an effect on him not having a father figure there later on in life, and he had like a sickly, a, a kind of a sickly life all the way along. Um there's an important thing in somebody's thought processes where they feel like they're out of society if they don't have that nuclear family. And there's a lot of talk from people like Candace Owens now that are saying the black community uh, and another, there's other uh, ethnic minority communities that have this where there's a, a nuclear family that has been destroyed and yes. these people are growing up disaffected and it's a purposeful yeah, it's a purposeful action by the powers that be to keep the children of those non-nuclear families lacking or wanting, or there's something missing there. It's functional. I remember Jen Jennifer yeah. Aniston having a video, a commercial where she says, "You know what? I know I don't need a man to raise my kid." I'm like, "Wow, that's a really weird thing saying from a chick who isn't pregnant and very yeah. fucking rich." It was systematic. I, like I said, I did this fallen state thing, and he's like, "Well, don't didn't black people choose to do drugs?" I go, like, "Dude, there was there was there was basically." Uh, institutional racism done on purpose the flooding of mm. the 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 uh neighborhoods would crack to lock up the men and it's like my theory on why does a woman who commits the same crime as a man get a lesser charge and it is yeah. my belief that that is done on purpose because women have a shorter age time in which they could have children so you have to have these women with felonies on them one two three Going out, having these kids who are born to felons who don't have a lot of economic opportunity, and now they're yeah. born with two strikes against them, and it's all that dark and that thought out. So you think about Orwell in the in the like the early nineteenth or the early twentieth century, like growing up without a father. That wasn't a time when that really happened, unless your dad like died in some mining accident or something like that. This was like. A big effect on his life and it had effects in how he saw the world 
and added to the creation of this 1984 dystopia, which was like, what happens if society doesn't have a father? That's everybody is left in that undeveloped state well, because you know, they weren't told or, or, or you know. It was just a little thing that I, I from my readings that no, I found. No, for sure. I mean, I was the first it, generation of kids getting divorced. My parents didn't divorce so much later, but all my friends were, and it had crushing effects on them. Now, yeah, and it's not really talked about because it's like normalized now, where you're like, yeah, it's grand, but like, there's a reason that that it's there, and that's a very conservative viewpoint. It's like you got to have a mommy and a daddy. Well, I, I'm always drugs. like two parents. I, I have friends who went through Foster. One of them is the biggest movie star of all of right now. And the other one is a very lost soul. And it's yeah. it's my whole theory Run, is that if two gay, that parents, two gay parents want to uh, adopt a child, that's more love for that kid than he yeah. would get in a foster system where, again, I keep saying this and people are going to tell me to shut up about it. But, you know, this whole pro-life thing, everyone's pro-life. But once that kid gets here, you don't really care because those kids go into foster and it is darkness yeah. in that child protective services. Darkness. Yeah. Wait up, and it's not like it's you too- can just go adopt it either. It's a fucking process. They make you like you have to be outstanding parents. They make they ask your dog how you treat it. Yeah, it's a yeah. fucking hassle to get to get they disappear. Yeah. They get kidnapped. Thrown into sex trafficking, thrown into satanic sex. They're the ones culture. that end up in the mass shootings. Somehow yeah. they're the ones doing the mass shootings. They all take the pills. There's a darkness involved with that that nobody ever wants to fucking talk about. You know, so, so I'm Orwell okay funneled with- his darkness into this world that we now are <laughs> living you know, in. We're talking about, but also like he predicted it. We're living the world that he spawned from that trauma. I want, he could just see the future. His father worked in the opium department of the Indian Civil Service. That's so interesting. He's a opium department, and they produce opium yeah. for most of the world. And we're taught we did a whole thing on the Indian, the British Indian Company, which basically created the power structure of the United States. We've talked yes. about that, dude. All that opium money came in, and they just bought and controlled everything, dude. Yeah, he, he grew up uh, and, be- and and subjugated like the entire east asian continent by by going like here here china here's a load of cheap heroin just everyone smoke it and just don't get as powerful <laughs> as we think you can get it, if y'all keep fucking and having kids and that's why uh dealing drugs in china is a capital punishment where you get put yeah. to death but they make them there what's that they make fentanyl stuff there uh, well that's in a that that's, that's sending it over here that's yeah but that is that is done as payback for yeah. what we did what the british india company mm-hmm. did for them with uh with opium man so orwell uh grew up to be a police officer in bermuda bermuda uh near no, where in, he was, in burma in burma my apologies i'm gonna hear that one forever burma <laughs> near uh where he's born and he spent his time observing the injustices resulting from occupation of Burma. Yeah, great power comes great responsibility. And unfortunately, bad people can be given power and they can abuse that like a motherfucker. Yeah, it's called Myanmar now when it's under dictatorship. Um, and there's fucking crazy uh, human rights abuses going on. And like there's slavery and sex trafficking. And it's just all like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? Um, really insidious, dark shit. If you look up the history of Myanmar... Um, it's, How it's, do you spell that? It's fucked. M-Y-A-N-M-A-R. Myanmar. And uh, uh, before it was happening, he's, the revolution was, was in that time in the in the 
like late twenties, um, and it's all kind of imperialistic post-colonial oppression, where Britain was still like the empire was shrinking uh, in in the outer like in Africa and all like the Dutch and the French and all were kind of receding back from their uh, late nineteenth-century imperialistic endeavors, and. Uh, England was still hanging on to India and it was all like, and Hong Kong, it was like stiff, stiff upper lip, old chap, come on we're going to have some tea now from India and it was all, you know, tea on the lawn with crumpets and there's fucking elephants and tigers and shit like walking around the garden and you're like such a quaint afternoon, Percival like it's really surreal uh, um, <laughs> illusory uh, imperialism where they're just like, well we're still here so we might as well, you know have slaves and there's yeah. like some little int- yeah it's just it's he really on sad. His hands and knees, full stool. I mean, like, like fucked up, man. I mean, what what we see U.S. troops doing in these these war countries and how they're just <laughs> yeah. blowing up like families. I'm like, with great power it, comes great responsibility, and sometimes stupid gets in there and does dumb shit. We like lose those, our humanity. In that prison. That Iraqi prison camp where your one has a cigarette and she's like, "Look at this guy." Uh, what's that? The the. Uh, What's the name of the prison? There was a prison oh, camp. Oh, Guantanamo? Abu, Abu, no, Abu Ghraib. Oh, yeah, that, Abu, that, uh, Abu Ghraib, yeah. So it was like, it was like uh, a, a tra- war atrocities done there. It was like a joke. It's like, get them all naked and get them to make a human pyramid. They would take picked photographs as their arsehole. Like, yeah. that's what Americans did. But the English were way more refined. It was like, you know, we're just going to, like, drink tea and have crumpets and then use them as <laughs> furniture and just sitting on, like, some Indian lad's back when he's on his hands and knees. Unbelievable. You're like, you fucking ass. Assholes, man. Unbelievable, dude. Uh, he moved between London and Paris and was down and out for a, a lot of time. He fought against Franco in Spain and exposed him to the totalitarian rule up close. He professed himself a democratic socialist and a, poignant, uh, a proponent of Toyoski's socialism. Am I right on that? Yeah. He wrote Trotsky, Trotskyite socialism. Uh, Trotsky. Lenin and Stalin were the trifecta of um, communist ideology in the turn of the century Russia. So Leon Trotsky was a, he was a proponent of like total communism. He's like communism won't work until everybody agrees. So we must forcefully make everybody agree. Whereas Stalinist communism was like shore it in behind the walls of the Sovietsky Soyuz, the USSR. And let's block the world out and we'll just exist on our own. And Trotsky was like, that's not going to work. And it's going to end up in in totalitarian rule with uh, like a demigod for a leader. And they saw in Lenin, like Trotsky saw the rise of Lenin after the 1905 revolution, where he was basically made like this uh, deity figurehead, uh, like some gods creature that all the kids in school would be like saying, saying not prayers because you weren't allowed to have religion, but like saying like speeches and shit, like the kids in school would stand up and go, I love J.J. Lenin. It's like Grandfather Lenin. I love J.J. Lenin because he gives me my food at the heaven morning and he gives my father job <laughs> and he make uh, he make very good um, country for us live in. Uh, thank you, J.J. Lenin. Yeah. And everyone <laughs> and everyone does like a, a speech about fucking, oh, I fucking love Lenin. Like, it was like you know the the the, the Pentecostal lads doing the fucking for Jesus. Like these were these fucking Soviet Russians doing that. So when Stalin took over, he was like, "I'm going to make like communism the best thing ever." 
Um, but only on the surface, you know. And, you and did you read the book Animal Farm? Yeah, yeah that's because it has to do with yeah, it has to do with the pigs. Yeah. He uses the pigs as Stalin. Yeah, it's yeah, another yeah, book yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. like Stalin, we're gonna read Lenin. that too. Um, so one was taken over from the other, and Trotsky ended up like fighting against Stalin, undermining him in front of the Russian people after Lenin died, and then Stalin had Trotsky assassinated with an ice pick to the head because he's like, "I'm running it my way, bitch." So do and, you? Uh, um, did you ever hear that? Even though the CIA was informed at that point, but some sort of Western intelligence deep state group kind of helped basically letting grow to power i definitely think that um the bolshevik revolution in 1905 and then the 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 that was to get rid of the royal family and then the revolution 1917 was definitely run by um a westernized secret elite power absolutely i was in st petersburg and i saw the illuminati eye every fucking place there was a museum um ex- exhibition that was like the writings of the of lenin right and they were all translated in english and i was able to read a little bit of russian but a lot of english translations he was very heavily involved with jesuits with freemasons uh with fraternal orders and i think that he was chosen as part of this, like, you know, Bolshevik uprising as a figurehead that they had a, a plan to make him this, like, godlike figure. Did he go After- to a school that I feel like other leaders were at? Is there a famous school where a bunch of, like, foreign leaders all went to and then later on went back to their countries? Have you ever heard any story like that? I, I don't know off the top of my head. I have to I have to look it up. My head's full of George Orwell right now. But I, we'll be definitely doing an episode on Lenin like, and his... his auspicious rise to power it's definitely suspicious like why did they choose him and he wasn't you know he was a good orator but why was he chosen to be like the fucking superman of of the newly soviet russia very weird let's get into some of the characters real quick the main character obviously was winston smith he lives in london on airstrip one formerly england and part of the oceana which is the u.s and uk okay yeah, small the world of 1984 is split into three, three sections. So it's Oceania, which is like the Western powers, uh, Eurasia, which is Europe and Russia and uh, parts of North Africa, and then uh, East Asia, which is like India, China, Southeast Asia, and all of the the archipelago north of Australia. Uh, so like there was three superpowers. So it's like China, Russia, and America basically, which was the same at the time when the book was being written, wow. and it was like a post-war post-war division. So even back then, when China was like basically a third-world country, millions were dying of starvation. Orwell was able to see China's going to be big trouble uh, as soon as the fucking British stop poisoning them with opium. Yeah. So basically, our, our our lead Winston Smith works at the Ministry of Truth and is tasked with editing and deleting contradictory evidence that the party wants changed. The, just think about that, dude. Yeah, that's his job. Like, if you watch the movie, there's a great visualization. Um, John Hurt plays uh, Winston in the 1984 movie, 1984, and he uh, works in this little boot, and there's a tube. And the tube like shits out a little piece of paper and he reads that and he's like, oh, okay, this is the front of a newspaper. 
I have to like change the title or I have to change some details in it. Or as we'll talk about later on, he has to delete somebody or deperson somebody. So there's a picture of like a, a, a decorated uh, war hero who has been caught with a prostitute, let's say. So that guy gets depersoned. So yeah, you have to delete him. So you stick a sticky white uh, white tape over his face and then you pick a gallery from, from you pick a face from the gallery then of people who ha- may have not existed. There was a machine that made up faces and you just pick a face and you put that face on instead and you say that's who that guy is and the other guy is deleted from history. So they go through all of the old newspapers and they put a fucking sticker over his face and go, no, you're, you don't exist anymore. Like, what the fuck does that sound like? You know what I mean? That's like, you know, Facebook, Google, Twitter, YouTube. Like, if you say the wrong thing, if you're, if you're, you're hashtag cancelled. Or that sounds like if you come out with anything they don't want, they, they suicide you. Yes, yeah. You're erased uh, uh, from happy. the right, happy, right, boom, bam, bam, bam. Now, he worked for the, uh. Administrator of Truth, and that dealt with news, entertainment, education, and art propaganda. Then there's the Ministry of Love, deals, deals with law and order, torture and brainwashing. Okay, then there's the Ministry of Plenty, deals with economic affairs. And then there's the Ministry of Peace, which deals with war and defiance. Now, that, those are very interesting names, because you see that happen with the Patriot Act. Right. Yeah. Oh, they didn't I ask mean, us about that. The Patriot Act is nothing to do with patriotism. Mm. They just put these names on there to sell them and what they want you to think they are, but they aren't really. Okay. Well, that's yeah. It's all part of Newspeak. It's it's changing the parameters of a term to mean something else. You know? Right. It's just it's, like like looking at. Looking at something that's really good, you're like, "Oh my god, that shit is the bomb!" Yeah. It's like, what does a bomb do? It blows up and destroys. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Or like when a comic it's says, just, "I just, killed." Yeah. You, that sounds yeah. like a bad thing, but no, you fuck. That means you did good. Yeah, yeah. You want to hear something really weird? On yeah, a side yeah. note, is that stand-up comedy is uh, where doing good is considered better than doing great. Okay. So if someone goes, "Hey man, great set." That means you did your job. If someone goes. Good set, dude. That means you super crushed. And it's the only time you'll ever find good is better than great. I never thought about it. And then if you do really, really well, it's like, that was the shit. Yeah. 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 Right? It ends up So the worst you you do, you're like, yeah, you killed. Oh, man. My special is terrible. You want to go check that shit out? It's absolutely awful. I knew you for, dude, I haven't seen you for a minute, which is like forever. Let's see how stupid that is. Um, so he works a minute, uh, blah, blah, blah. He, uh, Julia he, then. What about Julia? Yeah, Julia uh, is a young and vital girl who lives dangerously in the face of dogmatic rules of the party. She's attracted to Winston and seduces him, asking him, him to visit her in the country for a ride. He enjoys her company, and they share time in a room in London together. Julia betrays Winston eventually when they're caught for the thought crime. Oh, really? A woman throws him under the bus? Never heard that uh, before. He threw her under the bus first, to be fair. Uh, okay, but, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know. So, point Imagine ladies, the book, I take the it back. Like, I'm an asshole. <laughs> she's, she seemed uh, like a ride or die. She yeah. seemed like a ride or die. They would go out to the 
to the forest and have sex and stuff. She was, she yeah, was willing man. to risk it all. She, yeah. She was the first one to give him a note. Dude, she drugs. gave him a note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, but this is like a 21-year-old girl going after a 39-year-old man who, who looks kind of fucked up. Like, it's like, you know, a 39-year-old living in Soviet Russia looks about 68. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's you, you wear the decisions of your life on your face, right? Hard and times. She's like, she's like 21 with, like, titties he could bounce pennies off, like... And she's like, oh, Winston. And I think she was attracted to his, like, he would go, Winston in the books, he'd go around and he'd talk to himself and he'd be very, like, deliberate. He wasn't, he, he to look at him, he wasn't like a sheep that, that the same way as the other people were, where they'd say, they'd use the new speak and say, like, oh, this was double plus good, all this yeah. kind of stuff. Like, Winston was his own man, and I think she was attracted to that. A lot of the Orwell uh, analysts are saying that maybe Orwell, who was, kind of old and sick at the time was writing a fantasy where he's like yeah I'm fucking class and uh, young ones want to fuck me because I have a great mind it's like yeah dude but you have a wrinkly dark skin oh you mean like (laughs) every Judd Apatow movie where it's like the super nerd banging tens and everyone's like that makes sense And we yeah. fell for that for about three mi- minutes, and then we're like, okay, enough of these nerd gets hot chick. The reason Big Bang Theory did well, which I don't really understand, was that they shit on nerds. The other ones are just like, nerds are cool, nerds are sexy, nerds get all the cool girl. And you're like, no, it's not real. They it's shit not- on them, but they had that fine girl that was on the show. What? Well, yeah. The blonde? Yeah. So yeah. he, they shot on him, but he they still won in the end. Yeah. yeah, but the, that made fun of nerds. Like, the early 2000s, like or the mid-2000s, was all like nerds are hot movement, where nerds are like beating everybody up, and they're like action. Yeah, but who, was, who, was, who was writing those fucking shows, man? That was nerd porn. It was yeah. like written by nerds for nerds. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone and laughed at like <laughs> super bad. We thought it was great. And then like when three more of those came out, we're like, okay, enough. You're trying to make oh. a point here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Come on. So I, get I, I was I was a fat teenager who didn't get laid. I, I totally identify with that. I know I'm <laughs> not the only one, but the whole world is not full of that. There's loads of guys getting their dick sucked. Come on. Yeah. Make something for everybody. Trust Inclusion. Me, dude. If there's a lot of sluts, I mean, they're sucking someone's dick. Yeah. They're not, <laughs> I hate the word sluts. They're just chicks who, thank God, love dicks. I mean, dude. You don't want a Chuck bunch of down. chicks out there hating dicks. Who wants that? You want Nanettes in the world? Well, All the Nanettes <laughs> running around with their bad comedy and their <laughs> fucking your aunt's butt walking around? Now, um, in, in this world of Oceana, there are three classes. The upper class, inner party, the elite ruling the, ruling the minority, making up uh, 2% of the population, which is interesting because what's playing in big now the 1%, okay? Yeah. The middle class is the outer party who make up 13% of the population, which is, I feel like, you, in our world, those are the you know the people who have a decent job and also uh, are kind of like... Content. Uh, They're content. Well, not content. How would you say? I think they were just more like... Upper middle class. It's upper middle class. You own your home and you have a car that you don't have a note on and you're able to afford to send your kids to a good school. And it's like, you know, upper middle class. So how do you pronounce the lower class? Proletariat. Proletariat, yeah. Proletariat who make up 85% of the population and represent the uneducated working class. 
which is most and that's the of way, Instagram. That's the way Soviet Russia was set up. There was a very, a very high-level upper party, and they were the lads who we were having fucking beluga caviar and, you know, fur coats and living in palaces. And then the next lads down were, like, lads who were powerful um, uh, business owners and uh, politicians and uh, doctors and all the, the high up in society. And they got... Like just as much cool shit, but they also with were called on like you know, uh, uh, you owe me a favor, come to me on the on the day of my daughter's wedding. Like the the upper the upper party members would come to any of those cons at any time and just be like, okay, I need you to uh, come and perform an abortion on my mistress. And if you didn't do that shit, you were fucking brought out to the woods with a bag in your head. And yeah. then the proletariat are the lads who are like working at the coal mines or fucking you know like. Have they have a whole big shop and they have like two loaves of bread and like one cheese string and they're like welcome to my shop many things to buy and eat <laughs> and there's like a really hungry mouse just looking at you going like I like it's, it's I agree with that I think like we have the uh, we have the independent contractor class I think they're these are the people who are either white collar or like independent people making their money right now in this economy yeah. they own their own shit they own their own brand they're doing their own thing uh then we have uh the 85 percent, which i think is instagram like <laughs> all the idiots on instagram and youtube the facebook retards. facebook Face, too like, like don't leave that. them out but the, the society of america is structured now very similar to Soviet Russia at its height, which was also its worst time. You know, the five-year plans all the way after um, uh, World War II to try and get the economy and the industry, agriculture back on track. Uh, Stalin had these five-year plans. He was also having purges, which was like anybody that fucking disagreed with him, he'd have some kangaroo court and pull you out and be like, what you say about me? <laughs> I heard you say something and like twiddling his mustache while there's motherfuckers chopping heads off right so like now you have a similar setup in, in America where there's like a 1% ruling class then you have an elite which are all the, the high level businessmen um, and like you said like contractors you have dot com billionaires you have um, you know like uh, high up me like medicals like CEOs and all of these um, like business suit fucking boardroom class level people who are millionaires even though they just have a job job they're still fucking millionaires do you know and then there's a proletariat of the rest of them and that proletariat is getting bigger because the generations that have been coming up for the last like anyone that's under 35 uh, even maybe under 40 those people are indentured servants to the system because they're being born into a system where if they want to get educated to get even a low-level job, they have to go into six figures of debt. So if you're already in debt, you might as well, you know what I mean, you're already, you're below yeah, zero. we see that in doctors right now. We see that in a lot of stuff. Yeah, man. And that at the graduation. Qualified, <laughs> gone, gone to college and got into loads of debt. And you're you're starting from below, like, you're because they can't sell you mortgages for the last 10 years, they're selling you a loan that you can't die, you can't get away from even if you die because they can't sell these mortgages. Mortgage is like French for like debt contract. So they can't even give you a fucking, they can't even give you a mortgage now because you don't have the earning potential to be able to get the mortgages to afford the massively high priced houses. Uh, yeah. So what can you afford to get into debt for? College, which you need that degree to get the job, to be able to get the house, but you're already starting a hundred grand less that than is... someone from 30 years ago. And that's creating a proletariat of people who are 
afraid to lose their job. They're afraid to speak out because if you go on Twitter and you say, this shit is fucking bullshit, they'll complain to your boss and you lose your job. Oh, I've seen it happen already, dude. I've seen it happen to my friend. He got a job and this woman in another department didn't even work in his department. Didn't even work with him. He's brand new. Saw a YouTube video of him and got him fired from his six-figure job. What a cunt. She was offended. Uh, and <laughs> it's unbelievable to me. And, dude, if you look at, like, let's take slavery in this country. Nobody ever wants to talk about slavery and who owned slaves. And it was tragic. It was dark. It was awful, period. Who owned slaves? The 1%. The Bill yeah. Gates of that time, okay? It wasn't everybody. Everybody didn't have a, bunch, a slave buddy, okay? Buddy, My slave a buddy. Democrats, a bunch of Democrats fought a war to keep them. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Did you watch that? Um, did you watch that? Uh, um, Death of a Nation. Did you watch that documentary? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's uh, fuck. I can't remember the guy's name. Death of a Nation is basically like the history of like slavery from a real it's like a really uh conservative point of view it's like a republican kind of made documentary but it says like don't forget all that shit that people are going on about like that was democrats did that shit don't forget yeah, that shit for sure for well, you sure know, like, dude and for now sure. they're saying it's basically uh, juxtaposing the behavior of outright slavery to the policies of the of the modern democratic party which is basically making indentured servants of the lower classes which encompasses white people as well as black people and hispanic people and all this like the democratic party are putting in these um socialist policies that will keep people indebted to the governmental power you can't get out of that system if you're on a universal income if you fuck up they'll just take away your income yeah. and then you have less money I than can't everybody believe else how many people think that's a good idea People I think it's like, a good idea, but if it's regulated properly, like you can't just have good luck on that, income. dude. Good yeah, luck. you get put outside. You get put outside the fucking walls of Mega City One. If you fuck up, you're like bye bye. You're gone. Yeah. You know? Goodbye to so all it, that, dude. Hello, just permanent welfare, Kane. Do you know how many people are going to be working under the table? Give me my wall. Give me my my money. Work on the table. Yeah, now but, you're making double. Sounds like a Mexican actually, move. Actually, under the table for what cash? Because there's not going to be cash no yeah. more, son. Be all digital, it's and if you don't have a chip like, in your hand, have a credit how, you card. How are we buying drugs? Or sell. Dude, how do you buy drugs? You need no. cash. They'll legalize all the drugs by then. Right. If it's the yeah. state making it, coke, meth, heroin, all be legal because they'll be able to charge your car. Am I going to go to a strip club? Swipe my card. They're going to give me play no, money. Why? They're going to give me play money. There's so there's I still got to no throw something at them. Strippers there. Strippers are going to have an NFC chip in their butt cheeks and you just swipe the card in between. <laughs> no, and those are going to be money. robots. Actual females won't be doing it. Why would they? Nobody strips because they want to. They strip because they need money. And if they got an. I don't know. I know a couple strippers that like to strip. Dude, if they took their money away, they would never be doing it. That's yeah. like, this is the fallacy between right, men yeah. think girls want to get naked just for the love Dude. of the game. It's all <laughs> dollars. <laughs> it's not wrong that I wouldn't show my dick unless it was a fucking paycheck. <laughs> I don't know anyone would pay for this dick, but it was... If you've if you've been convinced by a stripper that she strips just purely for the love of stripping, that's that's the only stripper you ever no, need. No, I guarantee you. George's house, we're hanging out, stripper gets out of work, comes and dances on us for more. 
knowing that we ain't going to give her shit. Yeah, but dude, do you understand that's within the because one George works there. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If he DJs, he and they like if the DJ likes them more. Like when I worked at a strip bar, dude, these gorgeous girls would date these troll managers <laughs> because they wanted they thought it was power. And if they got power, they could do whatever they want there. So these girls come, they're like, hey, go do George. They like George. I'm not saying yeah, they don't yeah, like no. George, yeah. but they show up because if George, they show George good time, he's more likely to spin them a better song. Yeah. Give them better like, time. Right. Up. All right. Turn that makes sense. Like head when they're throwing hand jobs to fucking. All right. yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like free drink coupons at Red Lobster. If you get free <laughs> drink coupons, you're going to buy a main course. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right? <laughs> right. It's totally true, dude. Um, That's. It's really objectifying women right there. They're like free drink. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, it's just like, <laughs> then there's O'Brien. O'Brien is a member of the inner party, which is the uh, the top party, which is the 1% party, and is aware of the functions of control. He courts Winston as someone who has the potential for an inner party. He gives Winston a version of the news dictionary of Newspeak to help us with his work, and then Win- Winston is arrested. He tortured. He tortures Winston into believing that two plus two equals whatever. It doesn't matter. It it is whatever the party says. As members of the inner party, who's posed as members of the Brotherhood. That's so interesting. The counter revolution yeah. resistance in order to deceive, trap, and and capture Winston and Julia. Brian yeah. O'Brien has a servant named Mark. So, dude, think about what that is, man. What do we talk about this on the show all the time? Controlled opposition. Yeah, sleeper agents, man. Oh my people God, coming in, dude, people coming in so and being like, smart, "Oh yeah, you guys are you guys are a really popular conspiracy uh, uh, podcast." You know, do you want to? Um, we'll sponsor you, like, and you can do this and do that. And then the next thing, you build up a whole business around yourself, and then. There's a scandal, and then your funding gets cut, and then the whole thing falls apart because you have to fire everybody, and you look like a cunt. Yeah. Like, that happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time someone meets me, I'm like, okay, you're obviously involved in something. <laughs> when is this? Li- when's your lizard scales going to come out? <laughs> yeah. But it's the fear of the executive, and that's why a lot of people are, are, I think not succeeding as much as they could or should because there's a lot of distrust and I mean I don't know like from the stories I've heard of the American comedy scene it's probably the same as the Irish or, or, or English comedy scene it's like every man for himself and each man has his own business and sometimes you have to be nice to dickheads to be able to get those gigs and sometimes you genuinely enjoy somebody's company but like there's a lot of playing there's a lot of games there's a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing there's a lot of I don't like playing the of, game people don't realize well that. That's that you know. That's how you get your Netflix special, right? Some guy <laughs> said to me, "Oh, uh, someone told me that a friend of ours was talking about how I, my career is where it is because of drugs, right?" <clears throat> Which is very funny because somehow this drug act is making pretty good fucking money, right? But what they don't understand because they don't know me, they never hung out with me. It's like I just don't play the game. I never play the game. I don't say you have to be reliable. That's the thing. There's a reliability that you need to have to go to that next level that you're not like going to, you know, be on a a world stage and then just be like fucking lizards. Like you're not going to. That's another thing. I don't want to do that. That that's playing the game. That is giving them the I call it nickelback comedy 
that they're yes. looking for. What is it you say? When a Kalmic asked me, what did I do? I'm like, look, you do what I did or you do what the successful person do. You pick. You say that all the time. You're like, do you want to follow my yeah. my, my path? Look yeah. where I'm, but I just got a machete and I just walked through the fucking jungle <laughs> to the top trying to find where I want to go. Is he frozen? I don't know. There he is. Whoa, that was good. Um, <laughs> so, Gordo, talk, this book talks about the dangers of totalitarianism, okay? Totalitarianism. Totalitarianism. It's yes. a long one. There we go. Uh, what are the dangers, in your opinion? Well, we, yeah, we've talked a lot about like the extremes of the radical left, the radical right, or whatever political ideology you have. There's always a binary opposition uh, when you're talking about um, ideological warfare. There's always someone on one side that are fighting against someone on the other side, and there's an irreconcilable, ir- you know, irrevocable gap between the two of you that no one can understand. Um, we've seen totalitarian regimes. Like they've been the most famous conflicts in the history of humanity, uh, you know the, the the Nazis versus everybody else, for for one. And you're looking at that going like, well, and I say this, you know, with tongue firmly in cheek, what, you know what what was wrong with what the Nazis were doing? You know, if you take <laughs> if, no, like uh, as a thought experiment, right? And this is when we go on to talk about further Orwellian. Um, elements of of the 1984 universe like double think and newspeak and all this stuff like look at what german ingenuity did right. like you made the autobahn you made yeah, car. Like, massive massive advances in science and technology pharmaceuticals you had, yeah pharmaceutical engine uh, uh, um, innovation and all bad, this kind but... of stuff like techno massive leaps in science and technology now it was at the cost of a whole load of people's lives and all this kind of stuff now, to look at that on the whole, it's it's absolutely impossible to apply virtue to their actions. You cannot in any way say the Nazis like weren't so bad. I mean, killing all the Jews and the gypsies and the disabled people and the gays and the blacks and all of that stuff, not cool. Autobahn, pretty fucking yeah, good. I and it's still there saying. today, right? Well, so you, you know... Can't, like, because of because of newspeak, because of doublethink, you are absolutely not allowed to attribute any virtue to anything that the Nazis did. Check this, catch this in your mouth, right? <laughs> all the stuff that the Nazis learned, all the science, the scientists, the rocket technology, the, the uh, biological science from experimenting on Jews in concentration camps, all of the pharmaceutical advances, um, and all the secret mad shit that they were doing that was completely contravening like human rights yeah. uh, um, accords and all this fucking Geneva shit. Like, you know, they were they were committing atrocities in the effort to further humanity. So all of the knowledge that they got. When the war was over, the Americans just went over and they were picking a football team like in high school. I'll have the tall one. I'll have the fat one. I'll have the one with the gammy eye. And they fucking gathered up hundreds of these fucking scientists. And the Russians did the same and just took all of their ill-gotten gains, their illicitly uh, acquired knowledge, and just went, okay, you're bringing all of, the, all of that shit you learned from cutting up Jews and bringing it into America, and we're just going to plug it into our system. And nobody talks about that because it came from the fruit of a poisonous tree. Right. Do you know what I mean? I mean, so, we talk like, about the death of Jews, and that is super tragic, the number, yeah, whatever you, number, you think that number is. But I yeah. mean, like more Russians died <laughs> stopping yeah. Nazism that it's not million. even close. And yeah, like, 30. that's why I don't even understand. It's like such an interesting thing. Rouge. 
Like, why is the Khmer Rouge not talked about all the time? Because more people died in that than died in the Holocaust uh, as as members of the Jewish faith. Like, the people who died from famine in China in the, you know, at the turn of the century and again in the 40s and 50s, number in the almost hundreds of millions. Like, why is why is that thing the thing? Because, because it is being, I mean, like... Run, this people who you... run the narrative yeah. want to make you feel yeah. that those actions were so abhorrent that they're absolutely not to be even considered or thought about they become depersoned deplatformed ideas you're not even allowed to think or or uh, like ruminate on the ethics behind it because and the people that are telling you not to think about it are the ones that benefited from the most because they went over and took all the cunts and put them to work in America so they're like don't think about how powerful we got because we used all their shitty fucking actions oh, to get dude. us. Oh, dude! I mean, like, so about you look at like what came from that. That uh, Israel is a direct result of that. It's yeah. almost questionable whether that was the the preferred outcome of that, yeah. and that itself uh, will get you in trouble. You're not even allowed to. Act. There's there's fucking groups like the ADL, the Anti Defamation League, are made specifically. To bring legal cases. Would you say that they are the thought police? Ah, uh, like uh, you know, it dep- like there's 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 le- like there's legal limits. They're not policing your thought. They're policing your. Well, they speech. are policing your thoughts if if they pound you I, and make you a uh, you know um, a public enemy number one on the internet as you're uh, you're you're a Holocaust denier. I mean, like, yeah. the truth of the matter is, is Israel does not recognize the Armenian yeah. genocide because that would mean that their genocide wasn't unique. And they refuse to admit it because that would mean that there's other people who've gone through some horrid shit. Yeah, loads of people have for thousands of years. But I don't know why that specifically is chosen. I think the only thing I can think of is because they're the ones that are that have the majority of the power now and they don't want anyone to ruminate or to meditate or or investigate the the source of that power which was the adoption of a whole load of like extremist far right scientists into the American system it's just the truth and it's just like all tragedies against human beings should be looked upon as disgusting and sad to power rank them and yes. you go, okay, why are we doing that? And then you look at who is doing the power ranking and why they're putting it in the order that they are. I think not the ADL more so. They wouldn't be top police. They're very their 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 remit is very um specifically defined. So if you're talking shit about Israel, you're not gonna get a call from the ADL. You know, Israel are going to Palestinians, hey, go go away, fuck off to back to where you don't come from. Yeah. Um but yeah. they, if you deny the Holocaust or, or you start talking about some shit like they have a very specific remit. But I think thought police would be more like the Southern Poverty Law Center, who are a self-appointed uh, hate speech uh, demeritor. They're the ones that come out and go, OK, we have decided that that thing that you said, which has never been said before, it's a great idea. It's an original idea, but it oppresses a certain group of people. So it's hate speech. So you're gone. Bye bye. And the Southern Poverty Law Center are almost self-appointed. And yeah. people look to them to go, who's a hate group? So if somebody starts to push against their their 
narrative or their agenda, they'll go, well, you're hate speech, and according to the rules, you're bye-bye. Of course. They use it to cover up that you can't question them. Uh, there's no yeah, difference in uh, um, Jesse Jackson's 90s, how he dealt with anybody who que- who questioned uh, a black group's motives or a black person's motive. The first thing you would say is, you're a fucking racist. I mean, it was a fucking running joke on Saturday Night Live when they would do jokes about uh, real world from MTV. It's like, you know, there was a joke where like one of the black characters was like, she said put out the trash. But what we all know she meant is black people aren't equal. And you're like, that was the, that was the running <laughs> joke. It was just like yeah. when you don't... Um, want someone to question or you're out of an argument yeah it's a hell mary pass of accuse somebody of bigotry and hope they run away because for white people there's always like there's not a lot of words that white people get fed, especially men you could call them almost anything <laughs> you want yeah white guys and they laugh you know yeah. but one thing that people are sensitive about which i'm not because i know they're trying to just get get to me is calling somebody a white person a racist if you yeah. call them a race they run it is why political to change to change the definition of what a racist is that's been done in the last 10 years sure. so it's not somebody somebody who discriminates against somebody else b- because of their ethnic uh, background or their ethnicity, it's now turned into some kind of weird uh, grievance studies uh, power struggle. So it's like oh, racism only goes down in these rankings of who is the top race. So like the people who go, you're a racist for saying that I'm less than you, and I'm <laughs> and I, I'm thinking like that's coming from a person who has placed white people at the top of the racism spectrum. For so there's sure. black people that have gone, white people have it better than black people, so they can only be racist. We can't be racist up to them. Yeah. Like you're the ones you're the ones that are you're the ones that are classifying yourselves as, as less than white people in yeah. that in that scenario. Like Think why you about that? that, dude. Think about what you're saying there. It's yeah. like you're saying that white people can't be racist because you're lower than them. You yeah, are that's feeding bananas. into like, that. Without yeah, a it's doubt. It's so self-effacing. Like, without a doubt, man. Without yeah. a doubt. But it's this, it's this double think. And that's, a, that's a, a function of this 1984 world. It's like holding two opposing ideas in your head at the same time. Punching up uh, and punching going, down, Gordo. Yeah, I mean, like, like, but it's double, double think is like, you're a racist. Why? Oh, because white people are better than black people. I think you'll find, sir, that you are the racist. If yeah, you think that. for like, sure. That, you know. I think talk about that all the time. But punching up and punching down, like Chicago... Dude, do show in Chicago a white woman will come up to you and complain to you about punching up and punching down, and what she's doing is straight up stereotyping you. Yeah, that yeah. you are white. That means you went to an Ivy League school. Your parents are fucking Fortune five hundred people. You had it all made, and you're just being a meanie at this point. And yeah. and that says to me you've lived around the wrong people for too long. Because if yeah. you live the right, if you've you been, traveled you've been the world, contaminated with privilege. Yeah, you. That's why I say if you get sensitive over jokes and say it in my act, your life is going too well. It's working out because <laughs> yeah. most people's yeah. lights are dumpster fire. Don't care about jokes. Homeless when people don't have, give a uh, fuck when about jokes. When you want to have Cenk Unger on your on your show and talk about the Armenian genocide, I saw you had a a show a little while ago about it. Yeah, well, you know, what? Uh, I, after that show, he came out. And I'm not saying because of that show, but 
I know because all, the genocide was that time. He got bombarded, yeah. and he had a look of a deer in his eye, and he goes, I think the Holocaust happened. And he said something yeah. very interesting, and I he would give him points for that, which was he grew up Turkish, and they are told that that is not true. And he was just regurgitating. So the stance he yeah. had on not Okay, the woman on the show, it's unba- she's lying through her teeth, okay? She's saying that conservatives Anna, Anna are coming Sarkeesian? at her? No, yeah. Anna Kasparian. Yeah, saying that it's, it's not conservative. It's her own community. The Armenians are so upset with her because she... And they, listen, and think, if you know that's the name, if you know that's it, okay? You know the Holocaust, the genocide existed. Get rid of the name. Get rid of the name. And don't tell me young Turk is for liberal thinking. That's like that's like a German dude walking around with swastika and telling you it's a Native American sign for peace. It's like yeah. you don't get to use that, dude. You know, I mean, it's like welcome, it's just the welcome truth. to the welcome to the Buddhist Sun Simple podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. So let's get into some stuff that he ended up predicting in this book that we've seen actually has come out and been real. And like became well, yeah, like he 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 started off with the, like the tools of totalitarianism, which is psychological manipulation. So it's overloading the mind with useless incantations and rituals. Uh, the you know, dumbing like the, down the, of you America. Yeah, yeah, like the the I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. Like just getting the chance shit. Like um, another tool is monitoring and self censorship. We see that a lot online because if you say the wrong thing, you're fucking cancelled. And these use of telly screens and interparty tattletailers who are, you know, listening like earwig and listening around the corner. And if you say some shit, they're like, I'm going to fucking. And we see that on social media where people tweeted like, you know, 11 years ago and then they fucking can't present the Oscars because they said some shit that they might not believe anymore. Let's go through um, the saying real quick. War is peace. Well, perpetual yeah. war. How many times you're like, man, they hate you because of your freedoms, man. You want sometimes <laughs> yeah. freedom costs, and what's gonna cost is your private, your privacy, man. We have freedom to isn't have free, man. The, we have to wire. We have to fucking wiretap you so you can stay free. Right? There's nothing, nothing to hide, nothing to lose, right? And with the 9/11 thing and the Patriot Act and the Patriot Act Two, Patriot Act harder. Um, I love the sequel. Uh, they they said you have to get like told the American people you have to give up your freedom for security. Yeah. You have to give up your your independence if you want security. So it's for a country that was so based around freedom, the only thing that was going to get them to give it up was fear of death. Do you know? And that's all constitutional shit that a lot of people are like, no, you're not taking my freedom because it's the biggest thing. But freedom is slavery. The way the way those things are are. Um, put forward by Orwell in the book freedom of slavery is reframed so that's the freedom to pursue your own desires uh, but in that is the original sin of succumbing to those base desires like sex and food and drugs so it's like they're telling the people of Oceania freedom is slavery if we let you be free enough to make your own decisions you're going to just be fucking all the time and you're going to end up fat and on cocaine yeah uh, which is rare enough as which well. Which I call 2005. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're just going to be, you know, uh, uh, indulging yourself in the baser pleasures of life. So we will take away your freedom to free you from the choice of making bad choices. That's, yes. That's, that's completely like, that's, it. 
That's, that's fucked up. That's a fucked up mentality because they're like, we don't trust you to be able to make the right decisions for yourself. So we'll just make those decisions for you and they'll be the right ones. I mean, like it, that's fucked up, man. In this, they talk about how like they want only sex is only for procreation. What are we seeing right now in Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's but but the the, the Orwellian world, like part of this 1984 uh, new speak um, Big Brother society is that the orgasm is is almost like outlawed. They don't want people to be having sex because they want to be able to control the population, first of all. And then they want to be able to limit uh, pleasure and limit people's decisions. You know, the way like uh, people do fucking stupid things for to get the, the right. Do you know, they don't want people taking risks. They don't want people falling in love because when there's two people in love and they're spending time with each other, they start talking about some shit and they're like, um, hey, did you ever feel that like life is unfair? It's like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So like they think that taking away sex and the, and the Congress of physical uh, contact further removes people Um if you're in a sexual relationship with someone, obviously you trust them in some fashion. Right. I know it depends on how long you're having sex for. But like if you're a chick and you go home with some dude, you obviously trust him enough to not end up uh, being his lampshade at some point. Like yeah. you know that he's not going to fucking strangle you to death or you roll the dice. But you will go into that because there's some element of trust. And as the sexual um, relationship goes further, you end up gaining more and more trust. So if you trust somebody you're going to be able to tell them your innermost thoughts. Yeah. If you don't trust them, you're not going to be able to do that. And that's what Big Brother wants in this 1984 world, is for people not to be able to trust anybody to start some like questioning authority or some dissenting thoughts. They don't want anybody speaking ill of the party or of how society is. And if having sex means that you get personal relationships with people where you trust them, you will start in this dialogue and go, oh, my God, I'm not the only one. I thought I was the only one. And you think that, too. And then it fucking starts like a virus and then other people start coming in and they want everyone to they want you to think that everyone is a spy. Yeah. And that's how Soviet Russia was run. Soviet Russia had that thing, you know, you didn't know who was they listening. They want you the to squeal on each other, too. They had agents everywhere, man. And the same in 1950s America. Like, if you fucked up. If you done some shit, they gave you the the red card. They called you a communist, and yeah. it didn't have to be true. They just accused you of being a communist, and you were poisoned to society, and you weren't allowed to exist anymore. No one to do business with you. You were a Russian spy. You were a double agent. Oh, what about and, this Louis C.K. stuff and this Me Too yeah. shit? No, no evidence. Just and dude, just pure like believe the victim because they wouldn't lie. And then you just saw people getting taken out. Left and right. Left. I mean, they they talk about this in the hold on. They talk about in the thing about children turning in their parents, like children hearing stuff. And and what do we see on the news once in a while? Child calls nine one one when dad buys weed, and everyone's like, "Saw." And I'm like, "Fuck this kid. He's a snitch, man." Of course. But they're being raised to be like that. Like double think is the act of accepting two contrary contrary are contradictory beliefs as correct. So you have to say two plus two equals five. Why? Because it is. Does it equal four? Yeah. Does it equal five? Yeah. Depends on who's saying it, but yeah, it does. And to fully believe it. So if you extrapolate that out into, um, do you know, uh, 
pedophilia is a bad thing. Yeah. Everyone can agree with that. Very few would disagree. Pedophilia is a bad thing. We shouldn't be sexualizing children and men should not see children as sexual objects. Right. And then you have a YouTube channel where Desmond is amazing. Yeah. And he dresses up <laughs> as a, a drag queen and does stripper shows for grown men. Yeah. And is very sexualized and talks about doing doing bumps of ketamine off his hand. And wow. like and people will fight for his right and the rights of his parents or guardians, whoever's minding them, to be able to do that and make that as a media. Who is fighting for? Are you sure? Are you sure? Or is that just bots absolutely. doing that? No, man. It's absolutely people are fighting for his right to express himself like that. It's like he's who he is, and let him be like that. That is two contradictory thoughts. Where grown men shouldn't fuck kids, but also you yeah. should allow this child to be a stripper and be sexualized. Well, in front of grown men. Have like, you seen where, uh, you know, when, when we talk Pizzagate, which kicks off a yeah. lot. For a lot of people really got in when the whole story of Pizzagate and Pedogate came out. And how yeah. you would talk to people and they would just be like, oh, it was debunked. And you're like, where? You're like, it was debunked. You're like, where's it been debunked? They're like, it's Snopes. been debunked. Snopes. Nothing's debunked. It. But what they do is they're constantly telling you. That pizza shop didn't even have a basement. Yeah. <laughs> Right? And it's just like, all you have to do is Rachel Maddow's crazy conspiracy theory's been debunked. But it hasn't. But people take that as, oh, it's been debunked. I can move on. The news speak over and over and over and yeah. over again. They hate your freedoms. ISIS is everywhere. White men are terrorists. Black men are cracked super predators. Whatever it is, gay men are yeah. molesting children. Mexicans want your jobs. They just tell you that over and over. And Muslims hate your freedom over and over and over. And people just say it. And they just regurgitate me. You're like, dude. That's the, that's the propaganda part. Yeah, they lump these uh, um, like sound bites and they lump these ideas on you again and again and again. But the double think is the Orwellian part of it. And that's where it gets really nuanced. Do you know? Like, the fact that it confuses rational people means you have to become irrational to be accepted, right? So, like, let's look at uh, when when Trump was inaugurated in early 2017, there was a, a woman's march. And there was so much doublethink inside of that little microcosm of society, right? So a whole lot of women went out to protest against Donald Trump because he said something about grabbing some pussy, right? Right. <laughs> Whatever you like, girls, out you go. Right. It's your right to assemble. Right. They went out and had a big uh, protest and they wore pink pussy hats. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what happened? Okay, we have a, a bunch of women who are fighting for women's rights. Can't deny it. Great thing. Go do it. Whatever you want. And then on the other side, you're like, but in your protest, you wore pink hats and not everybody has pink vaginas. So you're automatically discounting all the black women from your yeah. protest. And they all went, you're not allowed to wear pink hats anymore, even though you represent me. So it's like you hear this term, the left is eating itself. It's because there's so much double think inside of the ideologies there. That's done that on it purpose. Doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't gel with rational people so you have to become irrational to accept it which puts you into a state of manipulatability you are going to be your thoughts are going to be malleable if you then like like a baptist in the river hold your nose and just go under the water of their beliefs you're in all the way 
whatever they say goes. And if they change the narrative halfway through, you're like, well, I'm too far in now to whatever you say is the thing. Like there was women at the women's march that were defending and supporting radical Islam. And radical Islam is one of the most anti-women uh, uh, ideologies that they're like they subjugate women. There's female genital mutilation. The, you know, like they they don't let women have any rights or to, to drive or do anything in Saudi Arabia. Like a bunch of women who are feminists who are like women's empowerment. Great idea to have. They hold a completely contradictory ideology in their head where they're like, we have to defend Islam. That's a double think. And it's to people like you say that to a radical feminist or, or even any feminist and go like, you know that there's like 40 year old women shaving 11 year old girls clitorises off as part of like a religious ritual that's totally accepted. And it's, you know, it's true, dude. It's like, true. Uh, like there's so much thing. fine the, print make... to everything. I mean, there's well, just yeah. fine print. Well, we are fucking cutting penises off here like the the hood this, that's the same thing you it might not be but it's it is mutilation. it is no i mean cutting guys foreskins yeah. off mutilation. is general mutilation for yeah. sure yeah but nobody wants to accepted. talk about that no what about fake news man we see this stuff in uh 1984 oh we've destroyed eurasia's troops or they're cutting the heads of babies off like yeah, we yeah, yeah. you know it's so funny because like we heard about how North Korea was saying that Americans eat children and that was really gal- you know really energizing the base of North Korea to hate Americans. Well, I hate to tell you we did that too. And it's so bad that the CIA got busted spending half a billion dollars they spent they gave half a billion dollars to a P- British PR firm to make fake beheading videos that every yeah. that the United States media ran with telling you that these people were cutting off the heads of people out there. And you wanted to believe that. And you believe that that yeah. this guy is gassing his thing. When more and more evidence comes out, it's not true. And how just everyone's like, but he's gassing his people. They're eating their pets. Didn't we hear that yeah. about Venezuela? They're eating their pets, man. Well, the same we got same happened women. in Syria with the Assads, the yeah. Daddy Assad and Bashar Assad, where they had the white helmets, where they were like, uh, this lad is after gassing his own people. We have to go into Syria and liberate them, yep. give them more freedom or whatever. Um, the the very famous line from um, 1984 is like, we were always at war with Eurasia. We were always at war with East Asia, where halfway through the book, the Western powers are fighting against like the Russians. And then at some point it flips and they start fighting East Asia. And it's like, we were always at war with East Asia. Eurasia is our ally. Yeah. And it's just like they're changing the enemy. To me, I, I, I feel that there wasn't even a war at all. And the Ministry of Peace was just throwing out propaganda. There was nobody actually fighting or dying. And they were just using all fucking uh, special effects to create these war scenes to keep people. Wag the dog. Uh, that's the thing you see freedom is slavery war is peace is the other thing from 1984 and war is peace the philosophy behind it is that a nation that is a constant war 
it means that the individuals are motivated to ignore their own discontent in their own lives. If the country's at war, you're like, oh, well, we're just going to have to band together and, you know, wait out the storm. And you're coming from, like, George Orwell, who lived through World War II, and in England there was this stiff upper lip, you know, oh, Jerry's flying over the plane. Everybody, turn out your lights. And it was like, we only have... Uh, you know, uh, uh, an eighth of an ounce of butter for that week. And you were willing to suffer because your country was at war fighting a good fight, a moral righteous fight. You were willing to be on rations. You were willing to fucking, you know, uh, go and volunteer for the military. You were willing to sacrifice your own discontent to have peace in your own house. You know what so I find what did interesting they do? about... They make, up, they make up fake wars yeah. far, out foreign so that you will appreciate your life at home more what did so they like, say the uh world war ii what did they say that the royal family did during world war ii as they're bombing the fuck out of london where were the royals who like now we start talking about jesuits like i thought, I thought did they not go to balmoral is that the there's a scottish did the queen and king and queen not go to Balmoral? I don't like know. A, That's what I want to know. It's like, you know, we have all these pictures of the Vatican hanging out with Nazis. The whole theory yeah, yeah, does yeah. the Jesuits run everything. Uh, you the know, Pope, the Pope during World War II was harboring Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. In our, we have an episode on the Vatican and there's one lad. He has like, uh, there's a whole section of, of, um, um, the, the accounts basically. And the, the, the visitor's book for the Vatican uh, is unavailable to see for the public because it's like full of Nazis and they sent them all on what's called a, the rat, the rat lines I think it's called where all the Nazis escaped from Germany and went to Rome and said help us Pope we need to get away and the Pope was like I'm gonna help you you get in this boat they bring you to Argentina and no one will fuck with you no more yeah. and they put him in boats Hitler and sent was him to one South of them. America, man. Hitler died in yeah. Argentina I mean, so when we talk about that England fought a righteous fight, to them, to them it was a righteous fight, but the power, to the power people, it was another banker war. It was a way to destroy Europe as a power player to allow America to kind of take the lead in the world. And now it was this new world in which they didn't have all these old fucking laws and different like you know didn't have france england Brit- england yeah. excuse me spain all these different you know countries with their own set of rules you have one giant country which they had all their fa- all their fucking knives into and now they could control it and what we see is they've turned our military into stormtroopers and you know yeah. going back to the newspeak and pounding it over and over again i mean how many times do we see join the military join the military i don't know how much u.s sporting events you watch but it's all dude i did shrooms at the world series and the thing i tripped out was how militarized that game is Every moment is a dedication to a military person or why poor people should join the military. Yep. It's good money and they send you to college, right? That's the it's the war, it's the Ministry of Peace, you know. They're they're pushing you towards that thing because you're fighting for your God given right as an American, which is freedom and liberty and all of these other buzzwords. But the thing with Newspeak, if you want to get into that, Orwell created this language of Newspeak which takes away the nuance in language. Right, so like, uh, new speak words the way they're organized, there's unnecessary contradictions in the language are removed. 
So uh, there, there's no such thing as like in our world's world, there's no such thing as good and bad. It's good and ungood. <laughs> because if something is bad, you have to reclassify it and go, is that thing a bad thing? It's like, well, what is bad and how many levels of bad? It's not that bad. Yeah. But if it's if it's a binary state of being either good or ungood, if it's not good, then it's nothing. It's yeah. not like good and bad. It's like, yeah, I don't mind a bit of bad. It's like only good is allowed and ungood is absolutely not allowed. So there's no grade, there's no gradient uh, in the the levels of classification and it's it's the goalposts can change at any point. So it like does. what's good, what's good becomes wider and narrower. Uh, depending on what you're talking about and the way newspeak was uh, arranged like it's a it's a it's a language that the party invented to control this extension of doublethink so in order for people to understand and accept two contradictory uh, thoughts or ideologies at the same time two plus two equals five or four or whichever they have to make a language around that so that you can't have the vocabulary to question it you're thinking you're thinking in the new speak so you can't think you can't even like think using a language that will question how things are right so like um double think like the, the new speak is the building blocks of propaganda and these terms can change at any point and these are the guys that are creating it so in the book you hear uh winston gets stung by o'brien uh winston is a very kind of fastidious worker and he's doing loads of great work. And O'Brien comes to him and he's like, well, Winston, uh, I see you're doing great work at the Ministry of Truth. And uh, I-, I see you've made a few mistakes with your corrections. Have you got the 10th version of the new speak dictionary? It's brand new. And Winston is like, I, I-, I don't have it. Uh, you know, he's like, well, I have one in my quarters. Call to my quarters uh, after you're finished work and I'll give you this new version. And he gives him the version. And when he brings it home, O'Brien is kind of pretending to be like a a secret agent who's kind of against the party and when winston starts opening up the pages of this dictionary he finds on the inside of the pages there's a book uh called the theory of oligarchical uh collectivism which is basically like this is how you rule the world (laughs) this is this is it's like the fucking Illuminati handbook is on the inner pages of this dictionary and Winston finds it and he's like, oh my God, O'Brien is a fucking sleeper agent. So in order to get all the stuff out of this Newspeak dictionary, um, Winston has to like learn all of these new terms and the ability to remove those words is in his hands when he has that dictionary. So there's different words that now people use. We can see Newspeak being injected into our society with stop words are with like no no bad words yeah. like islamophobia if you say yeah. anything against islam you're islamophobic if you question desmond is amazing you're homophobic yeah you know and that paints you with a certain um a certain ideology there's a weight behind that term everyone knows the history of that term we talked about racist earlier on and how that's changed from being i just don't like that race to this is power. It's not even about what color your skin is. It's like I have power over you. And then on, you have. And then on yeah, top on, of what you're talking about is the dumbing down of America. And it's not yes. that we're dumber. It's my opinion. We're not dumber. We are just oversaturated with useless knowledge. Like yeah. Russian peasants Distracted. of the 1500s didn't have to worry about half <laughs> this shit on Instagram and well television. Man, there's and no, there's no basketball way about politics. There's no cunt going to worry about politics when he hasn't got any dinner. Yeah. 
know what I mean? If you fucking got them missed meal cramps and shit, you're not going to be thinking about, like, the patriarchy. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's ways to control people. And sometimes, you know, North Korea has their people starving. Well, I also think the more you have, the less you work. Like, you know, it's almost like if you got a belly full of food and you got your iPhone and it's got Instagram and you're looking at all this hot ass and, you know. Freedom is slavery. Freedom is slavery. So it's if you have the freedom to have an iPhone and watch Kardashians yeah, and eat yeah, junk yeah, food, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're and you're worried about like what's going on with Kanye, what's going on with this, and the Mueller report, and the fucking Trumps, a white hat, and you know all you, of the. You can see, you can see the ideology of freedom and slavery in the way of, like some vegans uh, uh, proselytize about veganism. Not they don't come up and go like, come here, you know what? It's better for you if you just eat like vegetables. And don't be eating like eggs or chicken or beef. But instead, they fucking hold up like uh, pictures of abattoirs and go, you're a murderer because you eat beef, you fucking asshole. Like that's that's that double think. That's that uh, propaganda where they're pushing their agenda on you and making they're changing the rules to make you be an awful person because of their beliefs. And that's just how this are. Like, that's why people say that's so Orwellian. It's because it's a double think, do you know? Yeah. Um here's yeah. here's a real here's, here's a really good example of how a uh, new speak works to like you said dumb down the language, right? So the conjugation of verbs in new speak in this Orwell world is not needed, right? There are no superlatives, but the uh, just an increase in the root word. So something something that's good is just good. Something that's better is plus good. And something that's best is double plus good. So there's no nuance. There's no gray. It's not like, that's very good. Well, how very is very? The other way people are like... We see that with Starbucks cups, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Vente is large, super. Trente (laughs) is diabetes, whatever it is. It's just (laughs) like, there's no smalls anymore. The medium, what would be normally a large is the small, but everything is like mega. And you go yeah, there and so you tell have- me you want a large and they look at you like you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Do you want the venti or do you want the grand? It's like, yeah. you know what yeah, I they, fucking want. Yeah, the one <laughs> side they want the, oh, I want the, you mean the venti? No, I mean the large. Yeah. <laughs> so this this uh, reclassification of superlative words like in our society is done by like, oh, uh, that's amazing because you turned up with like three extra chicken tenders. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> oh my God, you're a genius. It's like, I just uh, install Instagram on your phone. Yeah, yeah, but I couldn't do that. You're a genius. <laughs> like, I think you're diluting the value of the word genius. So it's these kind of um, uh, dilute the dilutions of, of superlatives. So good is good, better is plus good, best is double plus good. So it's just different versions of good, right? And it simplifies the language and it, it takes away the nuance. So it reduces the need to think about relative and qualifying terms so people think less, so they're less likely to question stuff. And then... You also see <laughs> it, that, though, take- Gordo, with the fact that, you know, it's like there's always a new term and a new term yes. is meant to make kids feel like they're doing something and to make old people feel like they're old and they're, oh, we got to keep up with the young people. <laughs> language. And I'm yeah. like, Stan, fuck young Stan people. They ain't paying for shit. The only thing they bring in is ass. And that's the only reason we put up with them. Okay. So it's like, fuck you and your stupid new terms that mean nothing. Yeah. You're just doing it for the sake of just, it's like Molly. 
Really? Oh, I'm taking my. No, you're taking ecstasy, dude. <laughs> we were doing X yeah. way back in the day. Stop renaming our shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, there's nothing new under the sun. You uh, just want to feel like they, you're cool. The, the new word that they have now is Stan. It's like, oh my God, I totally Stan you. Like I don't even I don't understand that probably is that supposed to be like Stan from the Eminem song? It's yeah, like, I'm that's a super what it is. Fan. That's exactly what it is. It's they stand you. That's crazy. They like ghosted you, but oh, is that it? Like, or I understand you. I stand you. That's a fifteen-year-old song. I don't no, know. It's like Stan. Now you got me thinking. Like hey, I got, hey, I stand you. It's like oh, I get, I get you. I don't even know. No, no it's Stan. S T A N. Like the song by Eminem, who's what? like a super fan. Who's like, I locked my girlfriend in the car. And oh, yeah, never yeah, yeah, back yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a word now. People are like, oh, my God, I totally stand that tinfoil hat podcast. But like, here's my whole like, thing on that, dude. That stuff is, I honestly believe, is all think tank shit. Think tanks come up with this. So, like, you, you so? remember, remember when 70, when they were like, women make 70 cents on the dollars, men. And that just spread like wildfire. Well, they can't. they had to come up with a way to make white women feel like they were being oppressed because if Give they them sound ju- bites to repeat like yeah so if they sit there and they were just pounding on all white women all white people including women white women in america buy more shit than anybody else they have more disposable yeah. income than everybody so if they're just demonizing all white people in particular women okay no one would buy any of their products on yeah we have, fucking to, we have to extricate the women from the judgment circle yes yeah, so we have to make them feel like so that's how women get white chicks get included in fucking diversity showcase yeah, that's why they come up with the term soccer moms but from some election campaign where they were like this is how we'll win the election we have to reach out to the soccer moms the minivan owners because yeah. they're the ones that make decisions for the household we have yep. to appeal to them in our yep. policies yeah and they'll vote it's all psychological it's warfare votes, you know? dude and so for this for this new speak check this out right so it's this like idiocracy levels of fucking uh, bullshit, right? Uh, did you ever watch that movie, Idiocracy? Oh, I love it. I love can't, it. Can't talk. I'm beaten. <laughs> so, so they put the, in Newspeak, Orwell invented a load of suffixes. So they put full, they put ed, and they put wise. So like wasted or thankful. Uh, so wise is put at the end of words that doesn't really. It doesn't really. Uh, match sometimes so they take the the root noun and they add y's to it so if you've ever watched um uh, a clockwork orange you know when he when, when, the way those guys talk is very weird yeah. like they have like weird words that you don't understand so i found out years later after i learned how to speak russian that a lot of those words are russian and the way that the sense, sentence structures are put together are direct translations from Russian text, so it's like the sentence is kind of out of order. So he's like, oh, I've got a pain in me, Gulliver. That's Gulliva, <laughs> which is the word for head in Russian. Or it's like, we're going to the Malako uh, bar. Malako is Malako, which is like milk in Russian. Do you know? Ah. So it's like loads of phraseologies, right? So um, he says like, oh yeah, we're going topwise. It's like we're going above the thing in Clockwork Orange. So in Newspeak, if you wanted to say he ran quickly, r- ran, the past of ran, it goes from run, so it becomes runned, like R-U-N-N-E-D, right? Yeah. Uh, and the way they conjugate the verbs uh, makes it sound like uh, like I ran, you ran, he ran. It's the same word for everything. 
So you don't have to think about like an irregularly conjugated verb. Again, yes. reduce the need to think. So if you wanted to say he ran quickly, you would say in Newspeak, he runned plus speed wise because speed is quick. So you don't want to conjugate quick because it's irregular. So you just use speed. Oh. Like it's that fucked up. And they talk like that all the time. Like it's so easy to do that. It's like some Esperanto of st- like stupid low level thinking. Well, think about how young talking today with each other, talking with text, talking with like misspellings. Oh, dude! Like, I mean, look at look at. Remember ebonics? They're gonna do yeah. ebonics. I mean, yeah. it's just like it is just like everything is done to make it so it's harder for you to get into the system and have a. Yeah. It just it's done like tats on the face. Oh. Where are you going with that job? <laughs> You're gonna you do two jobs: hardcore porn or tattooing. It's done on purpose, man. And you have these yeah. rappers who have money do this stuff, and these idiots. Kids want it. Yeah. Guys, the book is 1984. Uh, Gordo, can you tell them where to find all your stuff? Yeah, doseconspiracyguys.com has everything. We're on all of the apps. There's 100-plus episodes. They're about four or five hours long, and it goes deep dive into all this kind of stuff. Um Season seven has stuff like life on Mars. We got cannibalism. Uh, last season we had um, Michael Jackson, Martin Luther King, uh, all, you know all these celebrity assassinations. And it's more of a historical deep dive into those topics rather than just like belching out the facts. We look at stuff, analyze it, dig underneath, try and find out what's going on, and uh, tie it all together in this big ecosystem of conspiracy. Final thoughts. It's from because you. it's history. It's history. It's not conspiracy. Like we just have to look at it a different way. The shit already happened, and we're living in something that we don't really appreciate or can't really understand. And we're going, why? The shit already happened. It's on paper. You just have to look at it in a different way. How about the fact that they say Martin Luther King just sat there oh. and watched his friend? Like wow, that's like Daily Mail reason. too. Yeah, yeah. You think that's real? Do you know what that is? That is Winston Smith punching up an article and it comes down the tube and he just puts a white tape over Martin Luther King's face because that motherfucker is getting depersoned right now 1984 style I they're looking back it, for all his good works and fucking deleting his good works from history you know what that does that gets room. white and that gets white people and black people fighting more it gets it's just another oh thing to drive a wedge between skeleton. us and it's like, guess what you're not talking about? The fact that we're going into two more countries and we're about nine countries in war. We've always been in war, but we're up to nine countries, which is almost Hitler. Guess what? You're not talking about that because you're talking about whether Martin Luther King was a good man or enjoyed watching people get raped. You're not focusing yeah. on the thing. It's like, keep them stupid. They did, this, they did it to John Wayne. Same shit. They yeah. try to change the this airport. Just, yeah, yeah. It's like, who cares? He's yeah. fucking dead. Let, the, let it be. Deep person, people. Well, Gordo, we love you to death. We hope we're going to see you sooner than later in L.A. And, uh, Fingers crossed. You might see me in Europe before you see me in America. But uh, if you're coming over this side, let me know. I would love up. to see you, buddy. But, you're, uh, you're a G. I'll we'll do this know. again very soon, bud. Thanks very much for having me. And, uh, yeah, doseconspiracyguys.com for all the tinfoil hatters. You're the best. I appreciate you spending some time with us, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Perfect. Thank you.